There's an army rising up. Did you get your enlistment orders? It's undefeated, and it will remain undefeated, this army. And it's the most unlikely of people he has called. He has called us. Not because we were real clever or real smart or real powerful, but because we believed him. We believed him. So I'm fresh back from a mission trip to eastern Kentucky, and I've got the T-shirt to prove it, mission trip, okay? <laughs> Don't get any more simple than this. You'll see about 21 of us running around here today wearing these shirts, and uh, what a great week. If you want to get to know some people, go live with them for a week and work with them and eat your meals together and just spend every bit of day with them. And not only will you get to know them, you'll get to love them. That's what family does. If you've never been on one of these trips, uh, we're going to try to make more of these available to different locations. And I encourage you to uh, get out of your comfort zone and get involved in some of these. Secondly, Bob Russell was here last week, and I believe Bob is a man of God for these days. I believe he was here last Sunday on purpose for a certain reason. If you were here, you heard him give three challenges to this church. They were not random. I believe they are specific and they are important. And I will reiterate those three challenges to you today. The first thing he told us to do is to invite someone to church. Do you think that's a small thing? If you really believe that what we have here is the cure to death, you would bring somebody to receive the cure. The second thing he said is this, invite someone different than you are. Get outside your circle. Get outside your circle and find somebody. Pray that God would reveal somebody to you that needs to know the cure to death. And the third is be relentless. Be relentless. If they kind of blow you off, hey, I've gotten used to it. You've got to be able to deal with rejection. You might go through 10 before you get one. But be relentless. Just keep looking for somebody to invite them. Hey, why don't you go to, not just won't you go to church, won't you go to church with me? Come with me. Sit with me. I'll make a place, you sit next to me. So I'm going to challenge you to pay attention to the challenge and to on purpose do those things. Now, with that said, um, we're back in the Gospel of John. Today will be session number 19, and today we're going to open up chapter 10, and we're going to move from the suffering blind beggar to the sheep, a gate, and a shepherd. Jesus is going to begin chapter 10 with one of his I tell you the truth moments. There are quite a few of those in the Gospel of John. I tell you the truth. Here we go, verse 1. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Do you know what that means? I wonder if I passed out a piece of paper today and I asked you to tell me what that means. I wonder how many different answers I would get from that simple statement, I tell you the truth. He says that anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate is a thief and the robber. Do you know what it means? Why would anyone sneak over the wall? Why wouldn't he go through the gate? What's he coming for? He's coming to steal the sheep. There is a gate. I want you to picture this scene here. It's a, it's a beautiful scene of a green pasture, but to enter the green pasture, there's a gate. There is a gate to the sheepfold, so why would you have to sneak over the wall if there's a gate? 
And by the way, who is in charge of opening the gate so that you wouldn't have to sneak over the wall? I'll ask you again, do you know what this means? Jesus is doing an I'll tell you the truth event. Do you know what it means? The shepherd uses the gate and the thief climbs over the wall. Why is it that one uses the gate and the other one refuses to use the gate? Climbing over the wall. Well, because the gatekeeper won't let the wall climber use the gate. That's why he's the gatekeeper. You know, there's someone in charge of the gate. And because there is someone who wants to go through the gate but can't go through the gate, he goes over the wall. What's behind the wall? The sheep. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy the sheep. Do you know what all this means? Is this, I tell you the truth, story about sheep? It is if you acknowledge today that you're a sheep. <laughs> I practiced that, by the way. <laughs> so here's the question. Who is the gatekeeper? Do you, do you know what it means? I, I want to be fundamental. Do you know what it means? Who is the gatekeeper? Who is the shepherd? And who is the thief? And who are the sheep? Let's continue, verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. The gatekeeper opens the gate. That's why they call him the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. He doesn't have to climb over the wall or sneak into the sheep pen because the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. The shepherd that entered through the gate that was opened by the gatekeeper calls for the sheep to come in and he calls them by name and they know him and he knows them. The shepherd calls the sheep in, and the shepherd leads them out. Here's one of my favorite things. Not only does the shepherd call them through the gate that the gatekeeper opened, he then leads you. He doesn't just say, now go. He leads you into the green pastures on the other side of the gate. Do you know who the shepherd is? The shepherd walks ahead of the flock. The called out sheep follow him. And the shepherd, why? They follow him because they recognize his voice. These called out sheep aren't totally stupid because they won't follow the voice of the wall climbing thief. They're smart sheep. Now, I'll ask you again, do you know what all this means? And the reason I say that like three times is this. You had better, in this generation, you had better figure this out. I'm going to say it again. Church, you had better figure this out. This is an I tell you the truth moment that's really important in our current day. Is this about sheep? It's about us. So who is the gatekeeper and who is the shepherd and who is the thief? Who are the sheep? I've got some good news for you if you still don't get it. If I were to make a multiple choice questionnaire and pass it out and maybe you could get three out of four, it's okay because I'm going to tell you they didn't get it either. The people standing in front of Jesus that day, they didn't get it. Next verse, verse 6. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. Here comes his second, I'll tell you the truth. i tell you the truth, I am 
the gate for the sheep. The gatekeeper is God the Father. The gate is Jesus, the Son of God. The thief is Satan, and I want you to listen. The thief is Satan and any and all who will follow this wall-climbing liar. The sheep are people. Some are lost and some are found. Now I'm going to tell you something. Here it is. Here's the summary today. 100% of Jesus' sheep will survive. Somebody say hallelujah. He will not lose one. That's why he's called the Good Shepherd. 100% of his sheep are going to survive. Not 99. His sheep are going to make it. He's going to lead them through the gate into green pastures. That's why he's the Good Shepherd. But all of this clarity... All of this description to make this announcement today. Here's why I said you had better figure this out. Jesus is the gate, and there is only one gate. Now, there was a time in the American culture that a preacher would not have to emphasize that. That day is gone. Jesus is the gate, and there's only one gate. There is only one way, and there is only one truth that leads to life and green pasture past the gate. Next verse, verse 8. All who came before me, Jesus said, were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to the thieves and the robbers. Smart sheep... True sheep don't listen to thieves and robbers when it comes to the gate. Don't let the world tell you about the gate. Don't let unbelievers tell you about the gate and the green pasture. Don't listen to them. Are you a smart sheep? Are you a dumb sheep? Please don't answer out loud because I wouldn't know what to do with it. Do you think all gates lead to green pastures? Then you're a dumb sheep. Do you think all gates lead to life? Then you're a dumb sheep. Or maybe you think that I know the latest thing that I see in the American culture is that all gates lead to a fade to black unconsciousness. That death is a fade to black, know-nothing unconsciousness. Do you believe that the gate is a fade to black unconsciousness? Then you're a dumb sheep. Let me give you the Hollywood analogy. Here's something I've noticed over the past several years. That the Hollywood, the elites of much of the uh, social American culture, that they live their entire life, their entire existence in godlessness. Denying God, denying the followers of Christ, denying the faith. And yet when one of them dies, everybody starts bringing up heaven. Dumb sheep. Dumb sheep. Next verse, verse 9. Yes, I am the gate. You don't have to guess. Jesus said, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me, singular, will be saved. I'm going to tell you, 100% of his sheep will survive. I am the gate, and those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and they will find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What do you think that green pasture is? Do you believe Jesus? Then today I tell you, you're a smart sheep. Those who come in through Jesus will be saved. 
Do you really believe that? That the gatekeeper, God the Father, created a gate into green pasture. And the gate is a man, a person. And you got to go through him. You can't climb over the fence and get in that green pasture. You can't finagle your way in or negotiate your way in or work your way in. You got to go in through this man. He is the gate. Are you sure you believe that? Let me be more specific with that question. Do you believe all the major religions of the world actually point to the same God? I'll never forget, I was traveling, it was years ago, and I had a friend of mine who was a believer traveling with me, and we got into some spiritual conversation, and somewhere about middle ways in that spiritual conversation, he leans over to me and he says, you know, I really believe that all the world's religions actually are just different roads to the same God. And he took me back by saying that. Because if you knew him and met him and been around him, you would have never believed that he believed that. And yet somehow he had in his heart come to the conclusion that they all are just different paths to the same end. Are you one of those? You had better figure this out. You had better figure this out. Do you believe there are all different paths that actually just diverge into the kingdom of heaven? Think about this sentence of Jesus that follows, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth. Those who come in through me, through me, will be saved. This is not the only place in the Bible that announces that Jesus is the only way to be saved. The Apostle Peter makes an impassioned plea to the Jews about Jesus being the only gate, the only name, the only way to salvation, the only way anyone's going to break into that green pasture, the only one anybody's going to get over that fence, through that gate, is Jesus. Peter and John... In the book of Acts, they have healed a man who had been crippled from birth. They didn't just do it anywhere. They did it in the center of religion at the temple gate. And the people that day were struggling with a single issue. They weren't struggling with a crippled man being able to walk. You know what they're struggling with? The same thing people, even in the church, are struggling with today. It's called truth truth they're struggling with truth peter and john walk up to this guy who's been crippled since birth and said in the name of jesus christ get up and walk silver and gold i do not have but what i do have i give to you stand up and he stands up and truth is revealed in jerusalem now, you would think that this crippled guy from birth and the truth that has been revealed would bring everybody to the gates, right? You'd be wrong. Acts 4, verse 10. Peter said, let me clearly state to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that he, this crippled man, was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the, stones that you, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is no other name. There is no other salvation. There is no other gate. He's it. Do you believe that or have you been listening to the thief that climbed over the wall refusing to come through the gate? Are you a smart sheep? Church. Are you a smart sheep? Jesus has revealed clearly that He is the only gate that leads to green pasture. He is the only gate that leads to life. Are you a smart sheep? 
Jesus is now about to reveal not only the gate to life, but he's the one that will lead you into that life. He's not going to just throw open a gate and said, good luck with that. He throws open the gate because he is the gate, and then he leads you through the gate into the green pastures. He is the good shepherd leading the sheep through the gate to rich. Yeah, I said it, rich and satisfying life. And if you think this is about money, you're a dumb sheep. Jesus is also going to reveal what it will cost to get these sheep through the gate. How much did that gate cost? There's a gatekeeper, and there's a gate. And there's green pasture on the other side of that gate. And there's a bunch of sheep that are going to die if they stay on this side of the gate. So I'm going to ask you a question. How much did that gate cost? Because in this same John chapter 10, Jesus reveals the cost of the gate. Next verse, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. That's how much the gate costs. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. He isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money. He doesn't really care about the sheep. Who do you belong to? I've asked that question now for several weeks in a row. Who do you belong to? You belong to the one you face. I'm going to ask you. You Look at your last month of your life. Are you facing the gate? The gate is a person. And if you turn your back on the gate, you don't belong to him. You belong to his adversary. You have turned your back on the gate. How many people come to church and in reality, you have actually already turned your back on the gate? You're facing the world, the wolf, the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Are you a smart sheep? If you belong to the wall-climbing thief, I'm going to tell you, he won't die for you. You will die for him. And therein lies the difference. If you belong to the good shepherd, if you belong to the gate named Jesus, he will die for you. He already proved it on the cross. It's not something that you're going to have to figure out in the future he's going to do. He has already died for you. The cost of the gate was his own life. The way for you and I as sheep to enter this green pasture, the way for you and I to be in the presence of the gatekeeper was the death of the gatekeeper's son. This gate to green pastures is called love. There is no other way to explain this gate. I have pondered this gate for years, and the only word I can come up with is love. This shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep is called love. There is no other way to explain the cost of the father, the gatekeeper, opening the gate with the death of his only begotten, except love. Do you believe Jesus? Do you belong to Jesus? Are you a smart sheep? Are you his sheep? Can you today say what David said in the 23rd Psalm? You ever thought about the 23rd Psalm? Because I have actually thought in the 23rd Psalm, the beginning and the end. What is the beginning? The Lord is my shepherd. Say it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. And you know what? If you believe number one, the Lord is my shepherd, then you get the end of the 23rd Psalm. You know what the end is? Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going into green pasture because the Lord is my shepherd. Not because the Lord is a shepherd, because he's my shepherd. I am his sheep. So in your life today, can you honestly say that the Lord is your shepherd? Here's the test. Are you following him? Because the sheep always follow the shepherd. 
No, no, the Lord is my shepherd, but no, I don't follow him. Then you, what you're following is the wall-climbing liar. You're not following the shepherd. Do you believe him? Do you know him? Do you recognize his voice when he calls out to you? Do you think everyone's going to end up in green pastures? I'm asking you, church. Do not let the world tell you about this gate. Do not let the world tell you about the green pastures. Do not let people lost tell you how to be found. You think everybody's going to heaven? Everybody's going to have a rich and satisfying eternal life in green pastures with the gatekeeper? Next verse. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my Father knows me and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Wait a minute, who are these? I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now here's where it gets interesting today, folks. Jesus says, I have other sheep Two, they are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them in. And when I bring them in, there will be one flock of sheep and there will be one shepherd in green pasture with the gatekeeper. Do you know what it means? You better figure this out. Who are the other sheep? I wonder, and one of these days I'll start doing this, I wonder if I passed out a piece of paper and I just put down there that verse and said, who are the other sheep, make make y'all fill it in. I wonder how many answers I'd get. So who are the other sheep? Who is Jesus talking to in this scene? Let's figure it out together. Who is Jesus talking to in this scene? He is specifically talking to who? The Jews. He's in Jerusalem. He's talking to the Jews. So if he is talking to the Jewish people in Jerusalem, who are the other sheep? Let me ask, let me go through a description to get to the answer. I was watching television several years ago. Actually, it was 2008. And I was watching a show that I would never, ever, ever, ever watch. It just happened to be there, and I considered a God moment because I needed to see it with my own eyes. I needed to hear it with my own ears. It was a television news program where they were recording an interview between Reverend Jeremiah Wright and a group of news reporters. Now, maybe you don't know that Reverend Jeremiah Wright was the preacher of the church where President Obama attended before he became president. This particular interview with Jeremiah Wright was in 2008 before President Obama was elected to his first term. And in that interview, at first, most of it was meaningless. And then a question absolutely gripped me they actually got to fill out questions and pass them in to a moderator and the moderator didn't know the question until she got it in her hand and opened it and she got this question in her hand and opened it and read it and when she read it buddy i wanted to hear the answer so i went back by the way if you want to open up youtube sometime and just type in uh, jeremiah wright 2008 you'll, you'll find this pretty easy Here's the question. I'm going to read it to you exactly as it was asked. Here's the question. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but through me. Do you believe this, and that Islam is a way to salvation? Don't think that question didn't get my attention. You know what he answered? You know what, he didn't, he didn't do what many politicians would do, dance around and never answer it. He didn't say, oh no, not that one. No, no, no. He stepped forward boldly and here's what he said. Quote, other sheep I have that are not of this fold. What? 
other sheep I have that are not from this fold. And when he said that, that audience that day were from his church, obviously, because they all stood up and started cheering loudly. What? What? What did you just say? Other sheep I have that are not of this fold. Jeremiah Wright was referring to what I just read to you from John chapter 10. Jeremiah Wright's point was that the other sheep, listen carefully, the other sheep were Muslims and that Jesus was going to bring them in also. And everyone stood and cheered. The question was specific. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one come to the Father but through me. Do you believe this, and that Islam is a way to salvation? He was pronouncing that day that he believed that Islam are the other sheep. Now listen carefully. You and I know that the other sheep are a reference to Gentiles. non Jewish people in general, non-Jewish people of the world. And I want to make something absolutely clear. You'll never be able to misquote me on this. Can Muslims be the other sheep Gentile reference in John chapter 10? Yes. By turning to Christ and denying the false religion of Islam. Yes, they can be. We are the other sheep. By turning away from godlessness and accepting Jesus as the gate into green pastures. But the idea that Islam are the other sheep singularly is an apostasy against the word of God itself. There are many today that are falling victim to the spiritual deception Jesus announced it clearly in his Olivet Discourse. If people would read the Olivet Discourse, what you would see is everything that's happening in the world today. He announced it in advance. Let me give you a second example. In December 2015, Larisha Hawkins, who teaches political science at Wheaton College, was put on administrative leave after wearing a hijab. That's a Muslim headdress. After wearing a hijab to school in solidarity with Muslims, she was using this Muslim headdress to express her belief that Christians and Muslims worship the same God. Wheaton College is a private Christian college, and it's the college that produced the likes of Billy Graham. He even met his wife there. It's not surprising that there was one person at Wheaton College that believes that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. Quite frankly, that does not surprise me. What surprises me is that the faculty council of Wheaton College, a private Christian college, voted unanimously that the college drop its plans to terminate her as a professor. Because that would be intolerant. Do you believe that Islam and Christianity worship the same God? Do you believe that the other sheep are Muslims? Islam. I tell you the truth. Muslims deny that God even has a son which is fundamental to the faith of Christianity. Muslims deny that Jesus is God, that he is Emmanuel, God in the flesh. Muslims deny that Jesus had the Spirit without limit, which we believe made him divine, God in the flesh. Muslims reject the idea of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Muslims believe, that, yes, that there was a man named Jesus. In fact, they refer to him in the Quran as Issa. However, Muslims do not believe in the death, the burial, or the resurrection of Jesus. They believe he was taken up into heaven. And Muslims believe that Jesus is coming back to earth, but not to reign. No, 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 no. 
they believe that he will come back as a lieutenant under the authority of the Islamic Messiah, the Mahade, the twelfth Amman, the Lord of the age, their awaited Savior. In fact, I'll take it a step further. The Muslims believe that when Jesus does come back, he will bow to the Muslim Mahadi, the Messiah, the Muslim Messiah, and instruct all the Christians of the world to convert to Islam. Are we worshiping the same God? If that one doesn't convince you, why, why, why do I say you had better get this? There's only one gate. The gate has a name. His name's Jesus. Now, I would be alarmed by that event at Wheaton College and that event by the preacher of the church that the President of the United States attended. But I am even more alarmed by the next one. In January 2016, the Pope Pope Francis released a one-and-a-half-minute video that when I watched it, I fell out of my chair. I showed it here once before, but never in this context. I want you to watch that video, and I'll tell you, read the caption as you watch it. Let's watch it together. La mayor parte de los habitantes del planeta se declaran creyentes. Esto debería provocar un diálogo entre las religiones. No debemos dejar de orar por él y colaborar con quienes piensan distinto. Confío en Buda. Creo en Dios. Creo en Jesucristo. Creo en Dios. Allah. Muchos piensan distinto, sienten distinto, buscan a Dios o encuentran a Dios de diversa manera. En esta multitud, en este abanico de religiones, hay una sola certeza que tenemos para todos. Todos somos hijos de Dios. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Confío en vos para difundir mi petición de este mes. Que el diálogo sincero entre hombres y mujeres de diversas religiones conlleve frutos de paz y justicia. Confío en tu oración. It may be hard to keep up. Let me read it to you. I actually wrote it down. What he said. The Pope said in January 2016 that most of the planet's inhabitants declare themselves believers. This should lead to a dialogue among religions. We should not stop praying for it and collaborating with those who think differently. And then a lady Lama, that's a Buddhist, comes out and says, you saw, I believe in Buddha. And then a rabbi comes and says, I believe in God. And a Catholic priest says, I believe in Jesus Christ. And then an Islamic leader comes and says, I believe in God, Allah. And then he says, many think differently, feel differently, seeking God or meeting God in different ways. In this crowd, in this range of religions, there is only one certainty. He said this, there is only one certainty we have for all. We are all the children of God. Do you believe that? Do you know how many people in the church, you had better get this. We are not all the children of God. We are all God's creation. Yes, we are. But we are not all the children of God. The idea that we're all the children of God means that there are multiple gates in the green pasture. If you read the Gospel of John chapter 1, here's what he says. He came to his own. That's Jesus the Messiah coming to the Jewish people. He came to his own and his own received him not, but to as many who have received him, to those who believed upon his name. He gave the right 
to be called what, church? The children of God. What gave you and I the right to be called the children of God? Jesus. Jesus. He came to his own. They rejected him. But to those who believe him, to those who call upon his name, he gives you something you can't get anywhere else. He gives you the right, first and foremost, to be called a child of God. Everybody is not God's child. The gate is open. He has invited us by faith to enter through that gate into green pastures in Jesus' name. You shall have no other gods before me. You will not bow down to graven images or false deities. It is called idolatry. And idolatry is in the church. And people in the church are falling victim to the lie of idolatry, that there are many gods all leading different roads to the same green pasture. You're listening to the wall climbing liar. It's not true. In that video, all four representatives, Buddhism, Judaism, Catholicism, and Islam, all say, who could argue? They say what? I believe in love. I believe in love. I believe in love. I believe in love. Right, that's going to bind us together. And then the Pope says this. I hope you will spread my prayer request this month. That sincere dialogue among men and women of different faiths may produce the fruits of peace and justice. I have confidence in your prayers. I want to say something to the church today. I also believe in love. But I believe that love has a name. Jesus. Love only has one name. Jesus. There is no other love outside of this love. Jesus. I believe there is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. There is no other way to get over that gate, through that gate, over that wall, into that green pasture, to be with the gatekeeper except Jesus. I also believe this. Listen carefully. I do believe we should have a dialogue with all the people of the world. Did you hear me? On this I agree. I believe we should have a dialogue with all the people of the world, the other religions of the world. You know what that dialogue looks like? It's the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the dialogue. There is no other dialogue. It is the only way. It is the only truth. It is the only life. There is only one gate. The gate has a name. And you know how many people come to church and still don't get it? This video is not a new revelation from this Pope. Do you think this is prophetic? I do. In March 2013, shortly after his election to the papacy, Pope Francis declared that Christians and Muslims worship the same God. He did it openly. Do you know that? In June 2014, he authorized Islamic prayers and readings from the Quran inside of the Vatican. Do you know that? In November 2015, the Pope denounced the fundamentalist in Christianity who believe in absolute truth. I declare to you today, I am one of those guys. I am a fundamentalist that believes in absolute truth. Yes, I do. Are you a smart sheep? 100% of his sheep will survive. You don't have to believe that. Are you a smart sheep? Do you know Jesus? Can you recognize his voice? Do, do you have such a relationship with him that when the liar speaks to you, you as a smart sheep would say, no, that's not true. He can't deceive you into idolatry. He can't deceive you into multicultural religions. Are you a smart sheep? Let me read it again, verse 14. 
Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too, but they are not of the sheepfold. I must bring them in also. They will listen to my voice. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock, and there will be one shepherd. Right now, I'm going to tell you, church, this is why it's prophetic. We are right now experiencing a great falling away. Yes, even in the church. We are experiencing what the Bible refers to as an apostasy. And many are being deceived by the wall-climbing liar named Satan. Jesus warned us about it when, this, when he did the Olivet Discourse. It was on a Wednesday. He spoke to a small group of people before he would die on Friday. And he told us in advance, this is going to happen. You, you won't be surprised. If you're a smart sheep, you'll read the book and you'll see it coming. And you won't be deceived by this wall-climbing liar. Here's what he says, just, just two verses, Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. Why would he say that unless he knew it was going to happen? Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name. In Jesus' name, they will claim what? I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. Are you a smart sheep? How does it happen? How does this deception sneak into the church? How does the apostasy, how do we get to the point where the Pope, the leader of the Catholic Church, creates a video where all the world's religions are equal? How does it happen? How do we get here? There has been and there is now a great falling away from the Word of God. Let there be no doubt that the fundamental reason why we are where we are there is a falling away from the word of god people don't know the bible people in the church today don't know the bible thus they can be deceived by satan it's the craziest thing in the world i am watching in this generation the church listen to the world tell them what the bible says i am watching the church allow the world, unbelievers, to tell the church what the Bible says. And they get away with it because the church doesn't know the Word of God. If you really believe the Bible to be the Word of God, I want to hold it high. If you believe the Bible to be the Word of God, the truth about God and eternal life, if you believe that in this book there is a gate that is revealed and it walks you into green pastures eternally in the presence of the gatekeeper and 100% of his sheep will, be, will survive. If you really believe that, you would read this book and the power of the Holy Spirit would change your life as you read it. So I'm going to ask you a question today. Do you believe this? Are you sure? Here's the test. How much time in the last month have you spent inside this book? Are you a smart sheep or are you a dumb sheep? The Holy Spirit reveals truth through the Word. And this is the truth today. Next verse. Verse 17. The Father loves me. Jesus said, the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so that I might take it back again. No one can take my life from me. Jesus says what? No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is my, what my Father has commanded. Everybody listen, church. They didn't kill Jesus. The Jews didn't do it. The Romans didn't do it. God did it. God killed his son. That was going to be you. But instead of it being you, Jesus said, I will take their place. There's only one. God killed his son. That day on the cross, Jesus, a man, willfully allowed God's wrath to be placed upon him singularly. God struck his son. The Jews didn't kill him. 
Oh, God used them. The Romans didn't kill him. God used them. God killed his only begotten son. Can your mind grasp that? Jesus voluntarily submitted his life to the authority and the command of his father. The command was what? Die. The command to die as the substitutionary death of the sheep. If you don't die, all the sheep will die. If you don't make a gate, there won't be one single sheep that will live. So the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God took away the sins of the world and opened the gate into the green pastures. And all you got to do is to believe Him and walk through the gate. And only a few will go through that gate. Church, do you understand? Only a few will walk through that gate. Why? Why? Because you don't believe it. The good shepherd took your place. It's called death. And that act of love opened up a gate for you and I to walk through into green pasture. Muhammad didn't die for you. Buddha didn't die for you. The Dalai Lama didn't die for you. Satan didn't die for you. He wants you to die for him. None of these false gods rose from the dead. And if you follow them, you will follow them into eternal death. And that's the truth. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose from the dead for you. Jesus is the gate for you to walk through into green pastures. And there's only one gate. Jesus is the good shepherd that will lead you through that gate. All you got to do is believe him. All you got to do is follow this shepherd. All you got to be is a smart enough sheep to look at the shepherd and follow him. And yet the reality is only a few people are going to do it. I'll repeat verse 17. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so that I might take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. This, what? That you must die. If you don't die, they'll all die. So here we are on August the 13th, 2017 at 1195 Nineveh Road. Do you think any of this means anything? If I look outside at the world, I see political chaos. I see, listen, I see the fulfillment of every Bible prophecy written in this book. I read the Olivet Discourse and everything Jesus said is going to happen before he comes is happening right now or has already happened. And I watch the church pretend like everything is going to always be the way it is. Are you a smart sheep? I look at the news today in North Korea. I read just a little while ago that they say they have 60 nuclear weapons. Iran now has, both Iran and North Korea are in determined to launch nuclear strikes on the U.S. Political chaos. We are a nation divided. Yesterday in Virginia, people fighting each other for no reason. And in the middle of all of that, on the 21st of this month, there will be a solar eclipse. It's not just a solar eclipse, but an eclipse that the world's calling the American eclipse. Because if you look at the track of the eclipse, it will cross fully the United States and cut it in two. Now, I'm not here today to tell you that I understand what that eclipse means. I am here today to tell you it means something. It means something. It is not random. That day on the, on the cross at high noon, at 12 o'clock, the sun went out. There was an eclipse of some sort when Jesus died on the cross. In Acts chapter 2, there's a revelation from the, from the prophet Joel that Peter preaches 
that on before the great and dreadful day of the Lord's return, the sun will go dark. And in the middle of all of these things, we live in the midst of the greatest apostasy the world has ever known. Where the church has absolutely fallen away from the very word of God. What's it mean? What's it mean? Are you a dumb sheep? Can you see? Can you hear? You're a smart sheep? I'm telling you today, 100% of Jesus' sheep are going to survive. It really doesn't matter what happens with North Korea or Iran or with a solar eclipse or with economic collapse. 100%, I'm telling you, 100% of Jesus' sheep survive. They all go through the gate. They all go to green pasture. You tell me what would keep you from following this shepherd. There's only one answer. Only, there's only one answer. You don't believe him. Those who come in through me will be saved. Smart sheep don't listen to thieves or robbers when it comes to the gate. Smart sheep. Dumb sheep. Do you think all gates lead to green pastures? Then you're a dumb sheep. Do you think all gates lead to life? You're a dumb sheep. Do you think all gates lead to an unconscious darkness called the grave in which you'll never know anything again? You're a dumb sheep. You let the world, you let the world tell you about the gate. When God sends you a notice, about the truth of the gate. Do you think everyone goes to heaven? You think everybody goes to heaven? You think just coming to church, you're going to heaven? You think it's going to matter? Please don't be offended by these questions today. There's always been dumb sheep. I spent much of my life as a dumb sheep. And then I met this good shepherd. And he opened my eyes so I can see. And he opened my ears so I could hear. And he opened my heart so that I could believe him. And then he did something. Listen, that's the reason I'm standing here today, and I will not apologize. He told me to tell you. And I have given my best effort to tell you. One day soon, he's coming. Are you ready? There's a group of people that will cry for the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the face of him, the one who comes. Everybody's not going to green pasture. There is a horror beyond horrors for those who are on the outside of this gate when it closes. And one day it will close. I close with the response from the sheep on that last day. That day, not the last day, the day that Jesus revealed this story, John chapter 10. How did they respond? Verse 19, when he said these things, the people were again divided. They were divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Which one are you? Whose side are you on? Who do you belong to? I'll ask Chad to come out for the invitation. You belong to the one you face. Are you facing the gate? Are you facing the gate? Because the gate's a person. Are you facing him? Or did you turn your back to the gate? Are you following the shepherd? He'll lead you into green pastures. You know what? To me, it's crazy. Many people in the church, you absolutely, positively have no intention of following this shepherd, and yet you think that you're going to end up in green pastures. Turn around. Turn around. Face him. Face him. Follow him. He is the gate. There's only one. Today, we offer an invitation. This is a serious time. 
I, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart, what He's revealing to you today. But if today the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, you had better listen to Him. The invitation's open. Let's stand.